1: Today, we are talking about a socially responsible portfolio. We've done like several episodes and we will continue to have this conversation about is your money racist? Yes, your money's probably racist. It's probably sexist and it is probably ruining the world. And we talk about that. We help you identify what that looks like. And we talk about change. But this is a little bit more, it's a, le- a little bit less aggressive and a bit more of an action plan because we do have a lot of clients or prospects or just people out there who are really hearing all these buzzwords, socially responsible, ESG, impact investing. And they're not exactly sure what they mean, but they're kind of intrigued and they want to know how to get on this page. That's a fact.
2: That's a fact. This is a popular concept. This is the new wave of investing is that folks care about what their money's doing to the world and what it's saying about them.
1: But here's the thing. I feel like people are like when they talk about it, they make it seem like this sort of hippie thing, right? Or like, some sort of charitable thing like, oh, you know, you're you're going to sacrifice your investments by doing good. And that's not yeah, the not, case at not, all. This is not, not some though. sort of hippie trend. This is literally one of the first times you can have your cake and eat it too. Ooh. Even though you should always be able to eat your cake. But we already did a podcast. I think it's about Edith. We are not going to go back that far. Mm. But in the investment world, you can have strong returns and do right by the world.
2: I love it. I love it. We should talk about how to get that done.
1: Yeah, we are. Because,
2: you know, for a lot of folks, there's this, you know, it's funny, when you talk to financial advisors, there's a a whole big camp of folks that just don't believe in this style of investing. They think it's complete rubbish. I
1: was going to say malarkey. Yeah. Rubbish or malarkey.
2: Yeah, I was going to say.
1: You were going to say rubbish. That's what you said.
2: No, I was going to, I came up with rubbish at the end.
1: Ah, okay. I
2: was going to say Hogwarts.
1: Oh. I think it's Hogwash. Hogwarts, <laughs> that's, right. that's ha- was- Harry Potter. <laughs>
2: yeah, Hogwash is the right yeah. word.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you got Harry Potter. I've never watched Harry Potter. I've
2: never seen that joint either.
1: Okay. It's probably all right, though. Not, not here. I mean, clearly, you did pretty well. It seems to be that a lot of people watched it. But, I did yeah. watch
2: Scooby Doo.
1: Like, which one?
2: All of them, the show.
0: Oh, no,
1: because there was a movie, like a more recent one, yes. like like a like yeah. a CGI or whatever it's called. Yeah. yeah, I didn't see that one either. Okay. So, but yeah, when you talk to advisors, some advisors, I think they act like you know, like as Alan was saying, this isn't a big deal, or <laughs> it's not that serious, or you know, like we don't really need to focus on that. Let's focus on something else. And to me, that's code for. I don't want to, like, stop asking me to work harder. Stop asking me to do something new. I just want to coast and just keep doing with you what I've been doing.
2: Mm -hmm. Kick, push, coast.
1: (laughs) Exactly. But for people who actually care, I mean, we talked about global warming, right? At the beginning of this episode. And there are other things happening in the world. If you listen to other North Star podcasts, you're very aware of what's happening in the world. Intimately aware. Okay. And (laughs) all of those things are funded. By a variety of things and possibly your investments. And yeah. so, again, it should matter to you. It should matter to you, especially when, again, we're not asking you to sacrifice your returns. And so if this is something that you're like, listen, I've been hearing about it. I think I want to do it. I'm not sure how to approach my advisor about it. I'm not sure how to talk to my spouse about it. And I'm not really sure how to get any of this done. We're going to resolve all of that today. I love it. All right. So first things first. There are a number of different names and acronyms that get thrown around and made to seem like they're all the same thing. Personally, I think it's like a confusion tactic, but you'll hear things like ESG, which stands for environmental, social, and governance. You'll hear SRI, which is socially responsible investing. You'll hear IIS. It's a lot of letters, impact, investment strategy, and people will lump them all together. Like they're the, all the exact same thing and they're, they're not.
2: Yeah. But I think for us, like we've Branded a lot of this conversation around is your money racist? Yes. It's covering a lot of this idea of really it's aligning your values with your portfolio. And there's a bunch of ways to do it. Right. And we'll
1: talk about that. We'll today. talk about that. So first things first, when we think about like ESG or socially responsible investing, this is not just a that's like a, a big umbrella for a bunch of like individual causes, Okay. right? And so if you're working with an advisor, if you're thinking about this, you should get the opportunity to select the causes that matter to you the most, right? And so when we think about the things under the environmental pillar, there's climate change, clean water, animal warfare, which I'm not going to lie. I'm a little lost on that because if animals want to well... fight, let them fight. I feel like that's nah. how it's always been. They can get down I think and throw hands Trump. if that's...
2: I think it's welfare, but whatever.
1: Okay. Animal <laughs> welfare. <laughs> sure. I think that makes more sense to me.
2: Animal warfare would be awesome, I would though. think,
1: like, we should let that go down.
2: No, but is that, like, what Michael Vick did? That's no, not good. No, that's, that's not, not animal
1: war. I think animal warfare, to me, is animals fighting each other. <laughs> like, if they have beef. I feel like that's none of our business. That's, like... <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, that's Lion King. Like, that's That's the circle of life.
2: That's happening. So we're
1: not getting involved in that. But animal welfare, absolutely. Pollution, deforestation, and sustainable agriculture. Those are the things that fall under the environmental pillars when we think about ESG.
2: And when you think about governance, it's really about how our workers being treated. It's about the ethics of the corporation. It's about diversity and inclusion. And then, again, how do you treat your shareholders? Are the shareholders a party to the decisions that are being made or are you guys just running over your investors?
1: Very true. And then on the social side, and I think this is like the, where we get into the more hot topics, racial justice,
0: mm-hmm.
1: education, well, poverty, democracy, the jeopardy of our democracy, immigration justice, human rights, women's rights, LBGT, LGBT. I think LG. your letters are
2: all mixed up, but go on. Um, right. They understand where you're coming
1: sexual from. Sexual orientation justice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why don't we just use sexual orientation? Because it's not just about sexual orientation; See? it's about how you identify, right?
2: Yeah. See, Tiffany, you're just. I'm not trying line.
1: to be insensitive. I'm just trying to
2: yeah.
1: no. offer a more convenient option so that people don't get it wrong, people like I just seen. did.
2: Yeah, people need to be seen, and it's not just about your sexual orientation; it's about how you identify. Very true. With genders.
1: Very, very. <laughs> with the genders, um, there's only two. So. I you know, know, but how do you identify? With I think them? there should be more personally, but that's another. Podcast episode for. I think there should be more than two. I
2: think there's there are more. There's folks that are like. No, neither. I get it. They're like.
1: Yes, you know. there is. Yeah. There are neither. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. They're, so we got three. Shout to them. I think we should get up to five, but that's another thing. Um, and then also health and wellness. Right. We talked about a whole bunch of sub causes inside of the greater umbrella of ESG.
2: And then also under the social umbrella, you've got the prison industrial complex for sure as well.
1: And I will tell you, like we have gone through. A lot of these causes with clients and some of them do overlap, which I think is a really great thing when we think about, you know, racial justice, but also poverty and education. There are some things around there that have streams of, you know, discrimination in these spaces
2: or even racial justice and environmental pollution, because Mm. there are stats that show that black communities are often the most polluted communities where companies are just dumping stuff.
1: Very true. And
2: it's impacting our health.
1: Very true. Now, there's a whole case around ESG investing, being socially responsible in your investments from a performance case, right? Like on why this is not some sort of charitable endeavor, why you're not sacrificing your returns. But long story short, like Here are some of the things people have to say, right, that some of the higher ups have to say when it comes to having a socially responsible portfolio. Right. So Robert Green, CEO and president of the National Association of Investment Companies, says, simply put, having a more inclusive search for investment managers, meaning including black and brown people and women. Wow as your investment managers, hmm. gives institutions a better chance at greater returns.
2: Yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. We, in our Is Your Money Raises show, we talked about the fact that there's $70 trillion that's being managed professionally, and less than 1.2% of that is being managed by Black folks and women-owned firms.
1: Yeah. Last year, MarketWatch said ESG funds outperformed non-ESG funds based on annualized returns over the last three, five, and 10-year periods. Yeah. To me, it sounds like you know it's a it's a bit of a win-win.
2: Yeah, yeah. And again, this is when you start to think like, look, if I'm investing in companies that are not killing the environment, that are treating their employees right, that are that have a mind towards being more diverse, like how could these things not help my company perform better?
1: Absolutely. Right. So there's a ton of stats, there's a ton of research, there's a ton of quotes out there that make the case for why you should not be worried about returns when you are creating a socially responsible portfolio.
2: Yeah, and even this notion of including black managers, like it's not charity. Like you're not doing this because you want to feel good. You're doing it because you want to actually make better returns. There like there are stats that show that black managers, that women managers do as good or a better job. Right? And so by putting money with them, what you're really doing is putting yourself in a better position to make money. Yeah. Right. And it's not charity because, again, there's a chance that you're going to do a lot better by being more diverse. I think the way that I would look at it is that there's a whole cadre of folks that have been excluded from the investment field. Right. The folks who've made it are pretty darn good. Right. Right. And so if you're excluding these folks, if you're not including the black manager, the woman owned firm, you're really missing out on some really strong performance.
1: I agree. And I love that you said that because people will easily say, why don't you just donate to charity? Why you got to get your investments involved? Mm -hmm. And the reason is because, as Alan mentioned, you are giving yourself the greater opportunity to have an even better portfolio by including the people who are often excluded.
2: Absolutely. Come on. Like, I look at us, you know, I'm not... This is not an advertisement for us, but like... We nice. Yeah, we, we've we been scratching we and surviving. Like, we've had to we do not, a lot. What I'm saying is... I was about to say, we to are get, no longer
1: scratching and surviving. Okay. This is not good times. We've gone through the scratching I am the and Jeffersons, surviving. and I have moved on
2: up. Okay, I'm saying we've been around for 10 years, and I'm saying, like, how many trials have we had to overcome? Very how true. many rooms have we been the only Black people in the room for? Yeah. I'm saying, like, the fact that we've been able to sustain in an industry that really doesn't care about us so much. yeah. Like, we've had to do our thing is all I'm saying. But
1: I'm just a, you know, not just a little toot, toot, toot. I feel like people have been checking for Momentum Advisors in the last three to four years. Like, we might have been, you know, scarce out there before. Maybe they weren't checking for us, but they've been checking easily the last four years they're looking
2: and big shout to all the institutions who are considering uh hiring us for their investments <laughs> and also the individuals who've considered us for their financial i earnings. hope they're not
1: listening to our podcast this is not how i want you to be <laughs> entered into our client relationship if that is on the table i don't like for institutional prospects to hear anything about our podcast until they've already signed our agreement
2: <laughs> you think they're gonna think Listen, we're crazy i don't know But we do have a good ass time Why right
1: and so i don't want them to hear us in like in our full yeah you know unfiltered selves they have not met these versions of us yet yeah. so hold off if we're going through an RFP process with you right now stop the podcast now and let's get through actually just if you could uh, filter out Tiffany's voice just <laughs> no just listen to mine. you by yourself is even worse and it's <laughs> like Whatever. that's a fact <laughs> that's a fact we Whatever. we need the support but okay so getting into this process right i am ready to really kind of align my portfolio and do what I need to do. The first thing you need to do, you need to address the elephant in the room or the elephants that are not in the room. And that's what we've been talking about, right? Like having black and brown people included in your money management process. And that's across a variety of different layers. So the first thing you need to do to address this, you need to either have this conversation with your financial advisor, with your spouse. You might have a Family member who manages your investments or your assets, whoever it is, you need to have, and, or it might just be you. Mm-hmm. You have to have this conversation. These are the questions you need to ask yourself. What percentage of my money is managed by white men?
2: Mm.
1: Not even white people.
2: You got right to the point, didn't white you, White
1: men. Yeah, Tiffany? yeah, I mean, we're, wait, listen, we know each other. We're warmed up. You just you know went I mean? right for it. The water's warm. Get on in.
2: What percentage of my portfolio is managed by white men? By
1: white men. And that could be your advisors. That's your money managers. That's your fund managers. It's a whole lot of people involved.
2: Yeah, let me just tell you, like, most people have a lot of folks touching their money.
1: Whether you know it or not. Even if you only talk to one person.
2: Oh, there's about 20 people touching your daggone money. Yeah, you've got to look up who are these portfolio managers. What do they look like? Show me their faces. Like, if it's all... White men, again, nothing wrong with white men as a group. I'm just saying that you're not getting a diversity of ideas if all of your advisors look the same. Is that, am I talking right?
1: No, you are absolutely talking right. And this is not about us. As Alan said, we're not bashing white men. But we're not. The conversation we're having is around being inclusive and being more diverse in your portfolio.
2: Yeah, we could be actually breaking the law in the state of Florida right now. So we got to be really. I Careful. ain't in
1: Florida. And if y'all in Florida <laughs> listening, you're breaking the law. Don't listen.
2: No, I'm saying. Like, I know about this foolishness. You can't make white folks feel uncomfortable in the state of Florida. you
1: shouldn't <laughs> listen to this podcast, like, off top. You, you signed up for just unsanctioned content. <laughs> so we can leave that there. The next question that you need to ask is, now, how much of my money is managed by black and brown wealth advisors?
0: hmm
2: The and person I,
1: that you speak to. And
2: I throw women in the mix, For too, sure. Because I think women are overlooked in oh, this industry. Listen,
1: and we, we are nice when it comes to it. But ask yourself that question. And again, to Alan's point, if you're like, well, listen, I only have an advisor, that means that you don't know the 20 other people who are probably also touching your money. Yeah. And you should ask and inquire. They are not um, ghosts. They are real people that your advisor has access to and can answer this question for you. So as we mentioned before, if you are asking yourself and you don't know the answer, then you need to ask your advisor who does know the answer.
2: Mm -hmm. And your advisor may not have ever thought about this, right? So they might know their names. They might not know the ethnicities. Have them do the research. It's not that hard to figure this out.
1: Yes. It's on the Googles. If you go to the Googles, um, all the information that you need is right there. So the same way that you will look up a dude you just started dating real quick and you'll run through his Instagram and you'll do a Google search. You can do a Google search for the people who are managing your money.
2: Yeah, I think it's worth it.
1: It's worth (laughs) it. You know, I just think that's another question is what is the gender and ethnicity of the owners and managers of all of my investment funds and separately managed accounts?
2: Yeah. And again, we talked about Managers, these are the folks who, you know, have a W 2. They go to work every day. They buy and sell stocks and bonds on your behalf inside of funds.
1: You may be like, I don't have no managers. I don't know no managers. Yeah, no, All you, right? You got managers. You, you have mutual funds, mm-hmm. you're in ETFs, private equity funds, hedge funds, bond mm-hmm. funds, stock funds. You're in somebody's damn fund. Yeah. There, there is someone managing that fund. Yeah. There it, are some people that are potentially managing mm-hmm. that fund, and you just want to know who they are. That's and it. that's
2: whether it's in your 401k, whether mm. it's in your brokerage account like somebody is managing it and may I also go so far as to say someone is getting paid
1: There we go cuz that's the bigger picture <laughs> right it's not it's it's the managing like who's doing the work who's pulling the strings mm-hmm. but who's also getting the check that yeah. you are subliminally writing, writing. you mm-hmm. might not have written it yourself yeah. but it's getting written yep. and the funds are coming out of your investment so who's making money off of you
2: Yeah and who owns the company mm. May I go so far as to suggest that the owners of those companies might also be lining their pockets off of you. And it's okay for them to get paid. They're doing the work. There you go. But you've got to think about who's...
1: Just being aware. This is community awareness conversation. Am I supporting? Right. now, you may say, listen, I don't have an advisor. Like you said, this is in my employer retirement plan. I don't really know who to talk to. There's a little DIY. There's a little investigating you can do on your own. If you get your statement, open your mail, as we always talk about. Look at your statement Mm -hmm. for once in your life. And go to Mm Morningstar.com. You can put in the tickers. Those are like the, the four, three and four, two letter abbreviations of the funds that you're in. Just put them in the search bar and all types of information will pop up. And you will actually see a section that says, I think it's like management team. It's for every ticker. They provide the management team, and you'll see the names of the managers. And you could Google the names and
2: the name of the firm.
1: Very, very done. I bet you
2: inside of 30 seconds, you can identify their ethnicity and gender.
1: Yeah, but if you have an advisor, he or she could do this for you. This Mm -hmm. isn't your job. But if you don't, and you're not sure where to get started, and you just want to do a little preliminary search, Morningstar.com. Facts. All right, so we're going to continue to talk about how to actually set up and get involved in a socially responsible investment strategy. Stick with us. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we're the Momentum Advisors.
2: What's up, North Star family? This is Donnie Rose, and I'm excited to let y'all know about the Word Life Podcast, the latest podcast in the North Star Network that I am hosting. Each week on Word Life, I will be exploring the intersections of literary art, music, politics, and revolution, and unpacking the messaging, lyrics, and themes of poetry and music, both classic and contemporary, that function as the heartbeat baseline and bottom line for radical change be sure to check out episodes of word life dropping every thursday wherever you enjoy podcasts and let us know your thoughts peace creativity and revolution
1: we are back we sure are so let's get back into it we got a lot of information to get out today yeah. right so we've kind of identified the questions that you need to ask yourself
2: and if you're in the state of florida and you feel offended uh, don't report us to the authorities please
1: y'all are clowns like whatever <laughs> like if you feel offended feel offended feel away right. sit in it i'm fine with it
2: no just i don't want to go to jail behind this podcast I'll
1: no we're saying. not not behind putting out Listen, now we're not going to go down that road. All right. So we've identified the tough questions that you need to ask. Now, here's the tougher goal. The fact of the matter is, and we've talked about this on previous podcast episodes, only 1.3% of the world's managed assets, that's $69 trillion, are managed by minorities and or women-owned firms. Mm -hmm. Hence why we wanted you to ask yourself the questions that we just went through. Because if your answers, if everybody on your team, whether you know them or not, is all white, you are supporting this problem.
0: Yeah.
2: And dare I say, Tiffany, uh, your money is racist.
1: And you're missing out on opportunities for greater returns, right? Mm -hmm. Like as much as we talk about the greater good and doing good and and doing right, we do always also talk about actually creating wealth for yourself. You are missing out on greater opportunities to create wealth for yourself.
2: This is a fact.
1: All right. So here's the goal. We've got a couple of goals. If you're like, listen, all right, so I I know the problem. How do I fix the problem? Right. Talk to your advisory team again. If you manage your own assets, we've put together kind of like a tiered system.
2: Of mm-hmm. uh, we could say wokeness. We will uh, Well, uh, we, 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 we don't have to say we, that. Well, we could. we'll
1: just for ease of use, will of level of financial wokeness mm-hmm. amongst your assets. We got woke light. We got woke light.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right, and that's. That's L-I-T-E, not L-I-G-H-T. It's woke light. Kind of like, yeah, woke light. I like that. Okay. If you can get 10 to 25% of your investments managed by black or brown people.
2: And if you can get 10 to 25% of your wealth advisors to be black or Latinx advisors. So
1: it's both. In the woke light version, You are getting your money managers, 10 to 25% of your money managers to be black or Latinx. And again, these are the fund managers specifically. And you're getting 10 to 25% of your total assets advised by a black or Latinx person or woman.
2: Yeah. And I would go so far as to say we just did an episode on who's in your neighborhood. Yes. Right? Your wealth team is not just your financial advisor. You've got lawyers, you've got accountants. There's multiple people that are looking at your wealth. And so 10 to a quarter, 10% to 25% of those people should be Latinx, Black women.
1: Now, here's the person saying, listen, I have a financial advisor. Like, I can't make them 10% Black. I can't make them 25% Black. Well, here's a fun fact. People who have a lot of wealth often have more than one advisor. Look Look at that. Wait a minute. Right? If they might like the way a number of advisors do things and have a variety of different strategies. And so they break up their assets. One advisor gets this much, another advisor gets this much, and they're able to participate in a variety of different investment strategies amongst multiple advisors.
2: Although we personally prefer when they... Give us everything to manage, but But, go on.
1: But, I I mean, we also, we are a part of a lot of people's advisory teams. That's a fact. That happens very regularly with us where we are working with people, families, and institutions that have more than one advisor. And it's perfectly fine. So when we say 10 to 25 percent of your advisors should be black or Latinx. We're not saying you need to turn water into wine. We are saying <laughs> you can have more than one advisor and it's perfectly fine. So that's that's woke light, <laughs> that's All right? Woke light. So then woke
2: is And can I can I just give one go for other it. stat? Yeah. All right. So we did it, we're going to go into this at some point in the future. We did a show on Sirius years ago and we looked at is your HBCU's money racist? And we looked at how Black colleges have their money managed.
1: We not even. No, I'm just. Yeah. Just
2: the stat is simply that the the, the school with the biggest percentage of black managers, the illustrious Howard University has about ten percent of its money managed by black folks. But so they are in the woke light. They're in woke light. They're barely making it into woke light. Yeah. And they're super proud of that. And God bless Howard University.
1: Sure. So regular woke is having twenty-five to fifty percent of your money managers being black or Latinx. Mm-hmm. And the same thing, 25 to 50% of your wealth advisors are black or Latinx. And I guess what we're saying is 25 to 50% of your assets are being advised by a black or Latinx advisor.
2: And then all the way woke, goes, what's the, the...
1: It was like woke, extra woke, woke, woke. 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 Yeah. Matt, hello, hell, woke as hell. Yeah, woke, it, it, as it hell.
2: Was woke as hell. Woke as hell, 50% or more. Yes. And with your team, 75% or more.
1: There you go. I mean, that's a big, that these are big things, right? And so I guess one thing we have to say is a disclaimer. You cannot just bust up into your financial advisor and say, we need to start making all these changes today, get it mm-hmm. done right now. So that's just not even responsible, right? From like an asset perspective, like this has to be done over time. This has to be an intention that you're committed to. Mm-hmm. It's going to take a period of time to get this done. Even if you, you're you like, listen, I like Momentum Advisors, get them on the phone. We will even tell you, all right, so we have to do this over time for the sake of tax strategy, causing taxable moments, capital gain. There's a lot that has to happen. So this isn't an overnight thing. Even listening to this podcast is literally just the tip of the iceberg.
2: Can I just now give you some pushback, some blowback?
1: Yes. This is my favorite part because this is where...
2: So I'll be the advisor. Yes, this is where okay. the hate starts. Okay, you've just asked me all these questions. I've asked
1: you all these questions, and I said, "Listen, I, I pick, I'm, I want to be woke, woke."
2: Well, well, Tiffany, um, I must say, Black and Latinx owned firms—they're really
1: hard to find, and they really don't exist out there. Malarkey, hogwash, or Hogwarts, as Alan would say. <laughs> Come on. Okay, first of all, so this is how you push back. Hey, when is the last time you've conducted a search mm. for Black or? brown-owned firms or funds, right? And they're like, I, we did this a while ago. Has it been recently? Because for the sake of my core values and to keep me as a client, I'd really like for you to try again. I need you to do a more recent search because I know they're out there and I really don't want to hear that they don't exist.
2: Yeah, but 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 Tiffany, uh, here's what I want you to understand, okay? We have the best possible money managers for you Regardless of their race or their gender, so we've already yeah done uh, the best we could possibly do for you.
1: It doesn't Tiffany. matter that none of them are black or brown or or maybe not even women. They're the best of the best. So here's the thing: my understanding is like there's over three hundred million people in this country, forty percent of which identify as black or Latinx, mm. and so what I hear is that I'm missing out on. The talent pool of 40% of what's available to me, like you, because you've chosen to only work with or white money managers and white advisors, it's not possible for me to be getting the best of the best because we're missing out on a whole group of people that aren't being included in this conversation that I want you to bring into this conversation. I want the best of everyone who's available, not just the best of the white men that are available. Oh,
2: Tiffany, Tiffany, you're not understanding me. Let me just ask you a question, yo. Since you think there's so many of these black money managers out there, Ms. Hawkins,
1: Shout out to New Jack City.
2: <laughs> Yo, I didn't know if he was going to pick that up. Do you even know of any black managers? you talking all this stuff. Like, point me in the right direction then. And I'll tell you how they're not doing a great job.
1: Well, since you're asking me to do your job, which concerns me, I'll throw a couple out there. So as far as black and brown owned firms, I mean, there's earnest Partners in Atlanta.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Everybody knows about Brown Capital Management in Baltimore. Then there's Aerial Investments in Chicago that's been getting it. What about Momentum Advisors? Hmm,
2: that's, that's interesting.
1: There's um, Urban Wealth Management in Southern California, which is Black and women-owned. It's owned yeah. by a Black woman who only has women advisors. I think
2: I've seen her on CNBC.
1: A little bit, a couple times. Yeah, Getting it done. There's also 2050 Wealth Partners out of Washington, D.C.,
2: I've heard they are some bad mother. I mean, I'm
1: just saying brown, black and brown owned. Mm-hmm. And these are just a, a couple of options. And be clear, regardless of where these companies are, they do have global clientele. So if you decide to do a little bit of a Google search, but if you have an advisor, this ain't your job. To be providing them with this information, because this information is out there for everybody, especially people in the financial service industry. They just choose to overlook it. They don't think it's important.
2: And can I just say for the firms that you mentioned, Tiffany, since you know I've done the research now, I'm coming back, I'm like, wow, yo, some of these managers are in the top 10%. Of all the management.
1: Of all the management. Not of all the black or brown management. Of all the management.
2: You just put me onto some gems. There we go. In fact, I might slip some of these in my other client portfolios. There you go. They might not even know. That's all I'm saying. They might be woke on the low is that a is that a percentage woke?
1: category I don't know low woke like yeah. like we, anemic some of our your your woke is a low some guy. of our
2: clients are woke low like they don't they never we've never really talked about it but they own some black managers and they're doing a great job and we don't need to even
1: bring it up because it's not about being black or it's not about them being black it's really just about giving them the greatest opportunity that people who are doing the best also include black and brown people yeah Now we've talked about like the elephants in the room. Mm -hmm. Who who are the people on your squad, right? But now we got to actually get into the investments. How do we get, we we know the things that we need to say to the people. We know the type of people we want to get involved in our investment strategy, but what about the investments, Mm -hmm. all right? Well, how do we fix that part? So here again, another tough conversation you have to have, and this is either with your financial advisor, your spouse, it may be your whole family. Again, if you manage your own assets, it may be you talking to you, so we offer two types of financial analysis type of self surveys that you can do. Mm-hmm, we do one we've talked about before, one is a values mapping exercise, right, and we do this with prospects, we do this with clients to help them figure out the causes and issues that they want to align their portfolio with mm-hmm. and it's uh probably takes about five or ten minutes, but it allows you to go through. The causes, some of the causes we talked about earlier today, and select the ones that matter to you the most that you want to implement into your portfolio. The other is the Money Mind Survey, which you can actually do yourself. You can go to Momentum-Advisors.com slash Money Mind, and it's available to you. But it's our Money Mind Survey, and that's where you understand your psychology around how you think about money. That's a fact. Right? The reason why you need to do these two things is because you need to understand where you stand right before you start having conversations with other people and you're humming and umming and ying and I'm not really quite sure and they're asking questions we need you to get a thorough understanding of this is how I think about money and why and these are the things that are important to me I've assessed all the things that are out there and these are the things that are important to me and I have a protection money mind or I have a happiness money mind. You need to validate it with yourself first. And I would also encourage you if you're having this conversation with your spouse to have them do the same exact analysis or surveys. You guys should do them separately. Don't do them together so that you're not like being influenced by each other's answers, but then come together and have the conversation where you both feel validated. And this is my psychology around money. And these are the causes that matter to me. And then y'all got to get aligned. Uh, Y'all got to, come together and say, all right, I, I understand you now. I recognize these are the things that are important to you. Wow, some of these things overlap. We do think the same about what's important out here, or we do think the same around spending or budgeting or saving. I'm glad we had this conversation and now we're a united front. Because once you're in a united front, you can go to your advisory team or you can go to your portfolio and say, now let's get our portfolio aligned with what we know about how we think about money now
2: that's a fact i love it you're flowing you're flowing now if you've only got a 401k you're you're gonna be somewhat limited in in being able to be woke because you've only got the options that they've laid in front of you so if you've only got a 401k or a tsp or one of these 403b plans where the investment choices are very limited you might need to go with your woke butt down to hr and say (laughs) look how come we don't have any of these managers on our platform
1: very very true Um, and so again you 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 do these different surveys and then you go to whoever you can talk to, Mm -hmm. right? If you can talk to somebody, as Alan mentioned. And then this is where you now you wanna see a screen. If you have an advisor, you are asking specifically for some sort of ESG screen. You provide them with the causes that matter to you and or your spouse the most and say, can you just perform some sort of screen so we can understand how we are supporting or not supporting these causes in our investment portfolio?
2: Mm -hmm. Give them a little bit of time. They, They won't know the answer to this immediately.
1: And to be honest with you, they might not have the software or relationship set up to actually even be able to perform this. They should. If, as a firm, they are taking this whole ESG thing seriously, they should have something set up. But I will be honest, I don't think a lot of them do. I know that we do. I know we perform these screens for a lot of different people.
2: We didn't always have the capability, though. And, like, you talk about, remember back in the day you would try to stump your teacher in school? Like, let me see if I can come up with the craziest question that they've got no idea. This is kind of what you're doing to some advisors. Like, you're asking them a question that is not an easy question for them to answer. You come to them and you say... I really care about making sure my money is not invested in the prison industrial complex. I need you to now review all of my investments and tell me which percentage of these companies are actually profiting from private prisons, profiting from the the prison complex in general. Yeah, They're not gonna have that answer immediately, but they should be able to do some sort of digging so that you can get a good answer.
1: Right, even if they don't have, like, again, we kind of have a setup where we can pull this information probably quicker than others. But even if they don't, they should be able to figure it out over time. But as Alan mentioned, give them a little bit of time mm-hmm. and then have them present it to you. Like you need to really take a look at it. And I will tell you up front, as we've talked about in previous episodes, your money is probably racist. Your money is probably sexist. Like don't beat yourself up based off of the results. It really is just a litmus test or kind of a just understanding where you are currently so that you can decide and choose how you're going to do better.
2: And then beyond that, say, look, now that we've identified that I am running afoul of all my goals, all my right, all the my, things
1: that matter to me.
2: Can you present me with a proposal on how we can make this better how over can, time? Over time, how can we shift from literally throwing babies into rivers? No, that's not. I that mean, bad. that's a, that's a that, little that's, extreme. Okay, to, little... to now planting some some trees, you okay. know, to now doing some things differently because it matters to me,
1: right? And I mean, I know Alan's being a bit extreme, but I can almost guarantee you if you do have a diverse portfolio, there's probably a good chance that if you're in some sort of real estate trust product, you might be investing in the prison industrial complex. And you, it's as easy as saying, hey, I don't want to be invested in that anymore. Mm-hmm. Now that I know, thanks, that I'm so glad we did this screen because I don't want to be invested in that anymore. Kind of want to switch gears mm-hmm. a little bit. Or you might be through some sort of fund investing or giving money towards a candidate, a political candidate that you're not in support of.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and now that you know, you can just say, hey, I don't necessarily want to keep doing that anymore. Now, again, we have to emphasize, say you guys do the screen and they provide a proposal that is amazing. It cannot happen overnight. Yeah, it has true. to be done over, unfortunately, an extended period of time. It ain't, It's it's not even likely that it'll, it'll be done in six to 12 months. Because we also have to be mindful, again, of taxable moments, capital gains. You can't just start selling off stocks and investments. Some of these investment products have terms. You can't get out of it until your term is up. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's a long process to get there, but you can at least start taking those steps and become aware and start moving in the right direction.
2: Yeah, and just have the goal of, look, okay, let's say I'm at 0% right now in terms of w- which parts of my portfolio align with my missions and values, right? Maybe the goal is to get to 10% in a year, maybe 30% in two years. Maybe I get to 50% over the course of five years. Okay. That's progress. Very much so. That's better than doing nothing. And and by the way, some of y'all's financial advisors are
1: underperforming anyway. There you go. So you need to switch it up. This could help in a major way. (laughs) In a major way. In a major way. And I will also tell you, in you challenging your advisor, you are also... I know you are, this is not your intention, but you are taking up the cause for the rest of their clients. There are some advisors who, once they do this research and really start to do the digging and find these other money managers or, you know, find these other investment vehicles, you are giving them the opportunity to share with their other clients. Mm -hmm. Right. And so change doesn't happen until it's required or requested. Yeah. And so you are the catalyst. You could be the catalyst for that. And I think that's, I think that's a big deal. Just Good asking the questions. I'm so
2: proud of you. Look listener. at you.
1: Look at you. Shout out to you. Mm-hmm. All right.
2: Just helping the world.
1: Now we do have to get to the point where haters gonna hate. Like what's, what are the things that the advisors are going to push back on? So stick with us. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we're the Momentum Advisors.
0: More. it's the past. Thank you so much for listening to the Momentum Advisor Show. This is Sean King, founder and CEO of The North Star. If you want to hear more shows like this, featuring black and brown voices on the most important issues of the day, head over right now to the northstar.com to discover all the podcasts we have to offer. We have over 500 different episodes from six different podcast series, and they're all great. Check them out.
1: So we have been giving you all the steps, the mm-hmm. tips, the mm-hmm. questions, the conversations, mm-hmm. all the things you need to do to actually achieve a socially responsible investment strategy.
2: But can I make a confession?
1: Okay. In the Usher. spirit of Usher.
2: Can, okay. May Usher? I? Usher.
1: That was one of my favorite and albums. These
2: are my confessions. He did that. Yeah. I don't have a chick on the side with a baby on the way, by Listen, the way. But
1: if you did and could make a song about it, <laughs> we wouldn't mind. Go, but go for it. Feel free to have your, your confession. Your above board, non-scandalous yeah. mm-hmm. confession.
2: So we are where we are right now at a certain level of wokeness that I'm very proud of. We are woke as hell. Correct. However, we weren't always this way. And very in fact, true. It started out in drips and drabs. We had some clients who initially were asking us a million questions about how can we align the portfolio better around the environment. And And, we we
1: were just kind of kicking it around. Yeah, like, eh, we'll we'll just throw a little this and that. we got a little...
2: Yeah, and and at that time, we were actually... We had big investment for this client in the oil and gas industry. Mm. And we were like, look... You know, why don't you just make money here and then donate? right Yeah, write a check. Volunteer. And eventually she came back like, "Eh, I think I want to go a step further. And we're like, ah, now we got to do the work. But then taking it another step, we had a new client that came on board. This was a really, really big client. Huge client
1: client and a non-black institution.
2: Correct. That happened to have a board that was... Diverse. Diverse and also... A bit woke. Correct.
1: I don't think we want to... Okay. I think woke is dying, though. I think it's yeah. dying. But
2: yeah, and people use it as a pejorative, by the way. They they use it to like throw jabs at this idea of being conscious. Yeah. Was, so
1: just say, let's say conscious. Okay, they were they fine. were they were diverse. It was a diverse and conscious board. And they of, said of a, of a non-black institution. Yeah,
2: and they said, look, we chose you because you guys are great. We love your diversity, but this portfolio ain't hitting on anything. Yeah. Like this portfolio is, it's it's literally they're all white men. And we had never really thought about it. We had thought to ourselves, you client are doing a great service of being diverse by hiring us. who Because right. we're box good. Check, and, you check the box. So you're good. You're woke. 100%. Done. they were like, well, how come there's not more black money managers in the portfolio? And we said, oh.
1: Yeah. And then, I mean, I will be very honest. We had to do a very deep dive. And it wasn't just finding a couple. Mm -hmm. That's when we really started to build a whole kind of Rolodex and network Mm -hmm. of exploring Black money managers, Black funds, like women-owned funds, women-led organizations. It wasn't just a one and done for us. Once it started, it never stopped. And we took it as far as we could to become kind of the Thought leaders are people pushing the narrative. The flag bearers. Flag bearers, sure. I've never heard the flag bearers. Sure, torch bearers. Oh, torch bearers. Okay. So flag,
2: I like flags better than I like torches. torches. I like torches. I like torches. You can get hurt Game with of Thrones.
1: Torch. You know, That's true. flags wasn't gonna get you nowhere on Game well, of Thrones.
2: I like the color guard at um, <laughs> and the band.
1: Okay. I but was actually them, in the mar- marching band and the color guard they ain't really give a lot, they ain't well, get a lot of- Well I'm thinking
2: Foxy dancers and the HBCU. Okay. HBCU. Context.
1: Yes, that's different. Yeah. They okay. go off. But yeah. so you're you're a Foxy dancer and I'm a torch bearer. Oh my god. No problem. Not me, no, I like them. <laughs> but okay. whatever we again, we were charged, we were challenged mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah. And it has changed. It's changed us for the better. It's changed our firm for the better, but it has changed the opportunity and, and I will dare I say the performance for our clients, for all of our clients for the better.
2: Yeah. And, you know, one of the reasons why our process was racist before is that we used to look for the largest organizations with the longest track records. And frankly, if you're doing that, you are systematically skipping over black organizations because a lot of us never had a chance to get in the game until the last 5 or 10 years. Yeah. Even though some of those firms that we mentioned, the Ariels, the Browns, they've been around for 30 plus years, but they're not managing $50 billion, $100 billion. They're managing a few billion, and they're doing a hell of a job at it. But again, if your screen is that I only want to work with firms that are managing you know, $100 billion... For the last 200 years. You're limiting your opportunity set. And so we opened our process to be more inclusive and we found some gems some absolute a lot of killer gems. money managers yeah so just
1: That's, Alan, that was Alan's it's, confession it's a confession yeah but I think, I think I'm think i really glad that you did it for the sake of for people who are worried about asking these difficult questions to their advisor and their advisor giving them pushback and saying like well you know in in them saying like we don't do this or this isn't something that we focus on in the past we didn't either until yeah. someone asked us to
2: and There's power in your clientship.
1: Clientship. Yeah.
2: As a client, you've got power.
1: Yes, definitely. Yes. Because you're
2: paying. You're paying and they work for you. Yes. Like, it's funny, like with my kids, my kids will be like, hey, can you do this and that? I'm like, yo, I don't work for you. Your financial advisor actually does work for you. Yeah. The people that are picking those investments in the mutual funds and the ETFs, they actually work for you.
1: Yes. And when you're asking them to do something kind of outside of the wheelhouse, what you're asking, what they're hearing is, you know, I only look at your portfolio like once every couple months, once a year. When
2: I know I'm about to meet you. When I know you're
1: about to call. (laughs) You want me to do some work outside of that? And you should be thinking, yes, because I pay you year round. Mm-hmm. So instead of the one to two or three times that we touch base and you pay attention to what's happening in my portfolio, I'm requiring you to do a little bit of work. And I, and I can tell you, you absolutely have the right. We appreciate now when our clients bring it up so much so that we bring it up to them like, hey, I know you haven't mentioned this, but do you care about these things? Because I will tell you all of our clients don't care about these things. And so we are not forcing them into socially responsible portfolios. But again, they do have access to the literal best of the best because we are inclusive of all money managers and fund managers and stuff like all of the things. So they are getting the best of the best, whether they are looking to have a socially responsible investment strategy or not, because we have done the work to include everyone. But here's, here's the pushback that you might get, mm-hmm. right? Especially if you're working with an advisor or maybe if your spouse manages your money, he's like, I got this, what you asking mm-hmm. me all these questions for? First thing they might say is, what are you even talking about?
2: Now, I will give you the inside baseball that, Every financial advisor has heard of socially responsible investing. They know what ESG is. They might not believe in it, but they can't really play all that dumb. Like you can't be in this profession.
1: And if they legitimately and not know this, don't know, like you really believe that they're telling the truth and that they don't know, you really should consider getting another advisor because they're not paying attention. Yeah, they're not reading anything that's been happening the last. Easily five years.
2: Oh, I would say 10 plus years. Like socially responsible investing is like the fastest growing component of the investment management world for easily the last 10 years. So they're just not, they're asleep at the wheel. They're not reading the Wall Street Journal. They're not reading Barron's. They're not doing the bare minimum of keeping up with what's going on. So they know, or they should know.
1: Now they might say, we don't really, we don't really do that here. This is not something that we do.
2: This could be another deal breaker. Right? Like if it's important to you, like if this matters to you, if you've got that fire in your belly and they don't do it.
1: Here's the thing. Financial advisors in their most basic role are problem solvers. They are solving for X. You want to retire, have pay for this, leave whatever level of legacy. And you go to them and say, this is X. And their job is to solve for X. If you walk in and say, this is also an X for me. And they're like, yeah, I don't want to solve for that. Mm-hmm. It's literally like you going and saying, hey, so I want to make sure I can pay for my children's college and I want to retire by this age. Let me know what we need to do. Uh, I don't do that. I'm, I'm not going to find that solution for you. We're not going to figure out that strategy. This is just as important.
2: Yeah, I'm getting so upset right now. This isn't happening The to idea you. of someone saying to me, like, I'm paying you. Yes. Like, I'm not asking you to do charity. I didn't say... Joe off the street who's not getting a check, like, go and do some research. I'm saying, look, dude, I pay you. Or, woman, I pay you. All I'm asking you to do is do the work. Yeah. If they come back, like, we don't do that. Well, guess what I don't do? I don't pay. I don't pay you. Yeah, I don't work with you anymore then.
1: That's it. That's, that's you has got that right. Now, so, here's, here's another one. Okay. This is, this is popular right now. This is what I believe a lot of people are hearing. Well, you, perfect. You know, I, we have an ESG department. Let me connect you with them. So this concerns me, right? Because now they have taken this whole notion of being matching your money with your mission and put it over in a corner cubicle. On somebody else. On somebody else. This is not their problem to deal with. But you could talk to a couple of people over here in this corner of the office and, and they'll listen to you about that. So here's here's the pushback. Here's what I want you to say back if that's something that you hear. Great. Let's set up that meeting and I need you and whoever else is on my advisory team to be in every meeting Mm -hmm. we this is our problem yeah you are Mm -hmm. not going to push this off onto someone else because then it lets me know that you don't think this is valuable enough for your time and if my ESG strategy investment strategy is not valuable enough for your time, then my assets aren't valuable enough for your time. So I'd love for you to set up that meeting with this particular department and please clear your schedule to participate in every single conversation I have with them so that we are working on this together.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Hey, come on. Okay. That was powerful.
1: Now, another thing that you are going to hear, and this is probably the most valid, listen, selling off a bunch of investments right now will be a tax nightmare. Mm-hmm. We can't, we can't just do that.
2: Okay. So look, I need you to understand that you can do it over time. Yeah. Okay. Maybe like right now we're in the midst of a a big, what they call a a market correction. Like some of your investments in the stock world are down right this second, right? It's January, 2022. The market's actually going down right this second. Now's a great time to do some shifting. I can sell some things possibly at a loss or very small gain right now. And now shift into a socially responsible strategy because of the market opportunity. So I don't have to do all of this right now.
0: It's
1: not possible. It's not possible.
2: But over time.
1: And so if they are as great of a financial advisor as you at one point believed they were, or great enough for you to continue to pay them, then they should understand, yeah, so I get it. We cannot do this overnight. Let's work on a strategy over the next 12 24, 36 months to get this done. Or because to Alan's point, like you don't know if the market's going to be down in six months. I will monitor the market. I'll monitor your portfolio. And when I do see the opportunities to kind of get you out of certain things that don't align with your mission and be able to put you into other things, I'll do that. So we'll, we'll be actively working towards getting you into this desired portfolio. It's just going to take us some time. So yes, I, I agree. We cannot do this overnight. It would be a tax nightmare for sure. That's why you have a financial advisor that understands the market and and tax strategy and can get this done for you. And if they choose not to, if they give you a hard time, as Alan mentioned, you might just have to look elsewhere or as we said at the top of the podcast, you can have more than one advisor.
2: Come to death row.
1: Okay. Yes. (laughs) Okay. If you don't want them all in the videos, feel free.
2: (laughs) If you would like a consultation, If you've got investments.
1: Yeah. And this is not even an advertisement. This is really, if you just want your ESG screen done to see like, where do I really stand? And if you, or if you feel like you're getting pushback and you just want to have a conversation with someone else, we do do this. There are other tons of other firms out there that do this also. I don't know them. I can't name them at the moment, but as we've always said, you can reach out to Momentum Advisors at momentum-advisors.com, set up a complimentary consultation. And we will do a review with you. We'll do a screen with you. You can take this information and go on about your business and never talk to us again. As long as you're empowered and informed, we've done our job. So have a great week. I'm Tiffany Hawkins. I'm Alan Boomer. And we're the Momentum Advisors.